This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. The BFM Breakfast Grill, connecting you to top people and ideas. Powered by U-Mobile, Malaysia's number one 5G network. BFM 89.9, this is The Breakfast Grill. I'm Keith Kam. One year ago, we had our new Minister of Communications and Digital on this show. Shortly after that, Fami Fadil was appointed spokesperson for the Madani government because in this day and age, making sure the correct official message is disseminated effectively to the public is more crucial than ever before. Perhaps this is why the original communications and digital ministry was broken into two about a month ago with Gobin Singh Dio becoming the digital minister and Fami the communications minister. So great to have you back on BFM, Fami. Thanks for having me. Fami, let's start with a little bit of a look back during your one year as the communications and digital minister. What are you most proud of to have achieved? I think um, if there's one thing you'd ask, you know, um, I would say it's handling the the whole 5G rollout Mm -hmm. when I came in. I didn't expect to, uh, one, be in the portfolio, two, handle this huge issue. Uh, Bear in mind, out of the five major mobile network operators, three are publicly listed. And I think their market cap at one point probably is about 140 billion ringgit. So sitting down with these big boys, right? And then it's an uh, experience. It's an experience. So sometime very soon, we have some very major announcements. So hopefully, it's one thing what, that which I'm very, very proud of, the work that we've done. Apart from that, probably, you know, I, I think that we hope will, will help to accelerate certain areas of, of uh, growth, yeah? particularly uh, among SMEs, uh, mm. major industries. So I believe that this little contribution hopefully will go a long way towards uh, our economic growth. What is unfinished business for you? 5G is still an ongoing thing, right? Yeah. Uh, one of the departments uh, that has been shifted to digital ministry is the Personal Data Protection Department. Yeah, yeah. Um, so GPDP, Jabatan Pelindungan Data Pribadi. We worked really hard with the team and we had a new Director General come in maybe within the first few months of last year. Mm-hmm. And this DG Dr. Nazri Kama has been able to turn the entire department around with a small workforce, about less than 50 people. They were able to, in three months, particularly the last quarter of the year, register 8,000 companies for personal data protection, make sure that they're on the list, compared to what used to be previously for the whole year, 2,000 companies. So we've also worked very hard to prepare a draft bill to amend the Personal Data Protection Act, Akta 709, which we hope will be tabled by March. So my dear good friend, Wabi Gobin, we brought it right right <laughs> up to the very end. But there'll be some changes and we hope that we'll see the light of day. I'm sure he appreciates that. But so now that your portfolio has sort of been, I guess, split into two... Does that mean your workload is proportionally reduced, maybe? No, not at all. So as the official spokesperson for the government and the cabinet, Mm. uh, I have to make sure that we understand for the ministry, everything, almost everything that goes on with the other ministries. And our role is to help facilitate, to amplify, to make sure that messages, the key messages reach the target audience. And if it's not working, to assist the respective ministries to hone their message, to assist them, whether it's through official channels or through Jabatan Penerangan, the the information department, and uh, all the way down into the community. In that light, we know that Bernama, JCOM, that's the Community Communications Department, the Information Department, Broadcasting Department, that's RTM, uh, National Film Development Corporation, 
in Malaysia, MCMC, they are amongst those agencies that will come under your purview. Let's start with JCOM, which was previously under the PM's department and saw some scandal of its own. That's a whole different story. You and Niching, that's your deputy, you've admitted that it needs an overhaul. What overhaul are we talking about? Is it even still necessary? Yeah, I think I think there's still a role to be played by this this entity, this uh, department. When it was first set up a long time ago, as JASA, uh, JASA, Jabatan Haliwal Has, mm-hmm. yeah, very early on, it had a specific function, a role. And then over the years, it changed. There were permutations. There were maybe some people might call mutations. But we need to understand what that original function is, mm-hmm. whether it's relevant in today's day and age. So given that this is the first working week of the new year, we've had our very first post-cabinet meeting on the 3rd of January, where JCOM formally sits in now. Uh, so we will begin a process of assessing, reviewing and coordinating. And I think we might work to recalibrate some of the function of this uh, department. Because it's supposed to be the government's communications arm to convey Putrajaya's message to the people. And it was a similar sort of responsibility that, that JASA had. Mm. And during your time as, as opposition, you guys kind of alluded to the fact that what JASA did was mainly propaganda. Mm. How different would JCOM's responsibilities be compared to, say, the broadcasting department or the information department, for that matter? Yeah, uh, a lot of these departments are also technical in nature. So mm-hmm. when you talk about penyaran, when you talk about broadcast, they handle TV, radio, and now, uh, of course, OTT. But I think one of the key things that probably we need to strengthen is to understand how messaging works okay. now in today's day and age, given that we really work in an omnidirectional kind of a communications environment ecosystem. Now, this this world today, you can no longer ignore everything that happens everywhere sure. on, on social media, particularly. But not only that, sometimes there's a disjuncture between what happens on social media and what's taking place on the ground. Right, So we have to see where these mismatches are, where the message of the government is... Like, for example, the Prime Minister constantly reminds Cabinet about this, this issue when he announced this, this policy about uh, increasing the subsidy for the paddy seeds, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, paddy, for the first time in 25 years. So that increase was a major increase. And yet somehow the paddy planters, the pesawah paddy, somehow that message didn't get to them, even though you can populate social media, but perhaps they're not on social media. Right. So I foresee that the role of this ministry, not only of JCOM, but right. of this ministry, is to make sure that the work, the policies, the announcements, the programs announced by government reaches down to the ground and is understood. It's a tall order, yes. For, for sure. Yeah, because like when we think about the effectiveness of JCOM for that matter, it would have expected you know, the results of the by-election, for example, to be mm. some sort of a benchmark. But yeah, it kind of does they, show that it's not as effective. They, the they, message isn't yeah. exactly reaching the public. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, perhaps before this, it wasn't as effective. Right. Uh, so I, I wouldn't say it, it falls on the shoulders of JCOM alone. Obviously, it's, it's, a, it's a team effort. And really, it's about making sure that all parts of the team, whether if you take a football analogy, you know, the keeper, the forward, the midfielders are all working well together. It's not just about the striker who gets the goals, but it's also making sure that, you know, that entire chain 
is is strengthened. So that's why when JCOM was announced as being returned to this ministry, yes. and we have to recall that the origins of this ministry, I remember when my mom, you know, my mom used to be an undersecretary of uh, this ministry back in 1989, 1990, working with um, one of my predecessors, obviously, Arwah Datuk Muhammad Rahman. She used to tell me, you know, Fami, this ministry, you know, it used to be known as uh, propaganda ministry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, of course, in today's day and age, that doesn't necessarily translate exactly as that. And people shun propaganda, right? But it's about information. It's about communicating. So I foresee JCOM probably will have a completely different role than what it used to do, particularly in the last few years. But what that role exactly is, I can't tell you exactly right now because we have just received them. So we need to assess, we need to look at the entire chain, like I mentioned to you. Are they better as a defender? Are they better in midfield? Or would they be left wing, left wing, uh, right wing? (laughs) So so to speak, football analogy, not political analogy. And I think this is a a, a very important time. Mm -hmm. We need to take stock. We need to really assess and I foresee hopefully within by the end of the first quarter things will be in place before we head into the break as a spokesperson for Prime Minister Datuk Sri Anwar Ibrahim I was just wondering why has it been so difficult for a little local independent radio station like BFM to secure an interview with the man himself I mean he has given time to CNN Time CNA Bloomberg just name a few what does a station like BFM need to do inshallah I will convey inshallah on the Breakfast Grill this morning is Fami Fadil, Malaysia's new Minister of Communications. On the other side of the break, we discuss how the 5G rollout is progressing. BFM 89.9. You are listening to The Breakfast Grill. Brought to you by U-Mobile, Malaysia's number one 5G network. BFM 89.9, welcome back to The Breakfast Grill. In the studio with us this morning is Communications Minister Fami Fadil. Fami, the Malaysian Communications and Multimedia Commission, that's MCMC, is now under your purview. What is going on with Digital National Berhad currently, which, I, if I understand correctly, had always been an MCMC baby? Yeah, it's well, technically it's not an MCMC baby because MCMC regulates the rollout of whether it's 2, 3, 4G, 5G onwards. Uh, so they're really a licensee. Right. Yeah, so they, they hold um, uh, NFP and SP license uh, from MCMC. They're an SPV owned by MOF Inc. Yep. And... We oversee right now, particularly given that in February of 2023, the Prime Minister made an announcement during the tabling of budget at that time about how we are uh, going to, at that time, uh, set certain priorities for DNB, particularly mm-hmm. roll out to 80% of uh, coverage of public area by end of 2023. We have not yet received the latest figures that have been audited by MCMC. So I'm not in a place to to, to say anything yet. Uh, but as of end November, we were at about 76%, so about 4% shy of uh, 80% target. Uh, DNB, uh, as we saw on the 1st of December, had uh, finally... Uh, gotten the share subscription agreement signed by the five, the five major telcos, yeah. telcos. Um, and that had been something which was a, both a mental roadblock as well as an equity roadblock in participating towards ensuring that we have 80% coverage of uh, popular area for 5G across the nation. Uh, so that's done. And uh, the the capital injection by all of the MNOs, I think it was about 233 million odd right. per 
per telco. That's right. And um, now I've not yet met with the the board or the team since that share subscription agreement was signed, but we hope to be able to resolve certain technical issues. A lot of people complain. One, about drop calls. Mm -hmm. So I have instructed MCMC uh, and MCMC has worked with DNB and the telcos to uh, turn on certain features. And it has it's, it's, it's a technical issue between the 700 and 900 megahertz uh, spectrum bands. So now we hope that there won't be so much of a problem. Uh, God willing, on the 9th of January, we will be doing a test drive with all of the MNOs along with all of media to go from Parliament to Putrajaya right. and test whether there are drop calls yeah, on this on this does, uh, road. Does DNB actually come under uh, your ministry right now? Or not yet. Uh, we, <laughs> there's no confirmation on that? No, no. Uh, we've not yet uh, finalised mm -hmm. uh, which agencies, not just DNB, but certain other agencies as well, not under whether it's between my ministry and, and uh, the digital ministry, uh, but also some others. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, I think we have to wait a little bit for an announcement from the Chief Secretary of the Government right. uh, or, and or the Prime Minister. But we hope that by mid-January, a lot of this would be finalised and that work continues. In the meantime, this ministry, the Ministry of Communications via MCMC, is coordinating to make sure that the national objective of reaching 80% coverage is reached for 5G. I, want, I was wondering if I could get into a little bit about the Malaysian Media Council. That's mm -hmm. something that's been in the works for, for quite a long time. I was at the initial meetings when Minister Gobin at the time kicked things off. Um, I know that the plan is for this MMC to be formed via an Act of Parliament. How are plans for it to be tabled by the March they want Rakyat's sitting? Are we still on track with that? Yeah, I think we've gotten most of the feedback from the Pro Tem Committee. We are running the gauntlet of getting feedback from different ministries. And I think once things are in place, uh, we will bring it to Parliament. We hope that we can bring it in time for the March session, if not the mid-year session. What have been the main issues of contention from your side? Some of it is about issues about participation, who should be on the board, mm. how, how big the board should be, whether this, this council should get funding from the government or should it run completely on its own. Um, so how should it be financed? How should it be funded? Yeah, right. And... Um, so uh, th there's some uh, uh, th these kind of administrative questions that have to be put into the the actual bill. So we are still going through. Uh, we're, we're waiting for responses from the other ministries. So probably I hope that by latest latest is uh, mid year. I, I guess one of the things that um, a lot of journalists uh, and those in the media are concerned about is the fact that it has to be independent with no government um, intervention, so to mm. speak. But at the same time, uh, we kind of have to acknowledge that that journalists from RTM and Bernard they are journalists they should be part of the media council and they are also part of the government how do you resolve that yeah this this is um, i mean uh, we have to make sure we have to balance between the code of conduct and and their role as uh, not only government agencies but also civil servants right uh, so that's why some of the decisions that need to be made uh, it will have some bearing yeah so uh, i think there are always cover outs yeah, and uh, for specific reasons, uh, not only in this case, but in many other cases. Uh, and I think it would not be out of the norm uh, to, to see 
these kind of carve-outs. What's most important is that uh, there are what what is the objective yeah of the the media council? Uh, it's to self-regulate. It's to make sure that uh, media is in a position to uh, to affect some kind of uh, change uh, that is led by. Uh, the industry itself. Uh, I think this is important. This is something which uh, I myself, as a firm and strong and long advocate of uh, uh, free uh, media, uh, media freedoms, yeah, uh, a free press. Uh, so I've, I've long been an advocate, even in my private life, you know, yeah. uh, way, way uh, from a long time ago. Uh, but in my role as a Minister of Communications for this Madani government, it's also, I have to also look uh, after the interest of the government itself. Yeah, so we have to balance this. Yeah, and, and speaking of that kind of a balance, I mean, you, I, I was quite heartened to see that, you know, you, you assured that there would be no iron-fisted clampdown on media reporting. But like you said, how do you balance uh, allegations and claims and misinformation made by people like, uh, you know, the more famous ones like Raja Petra, Kamarudi, and Zakir Naik and all these people, mm. which can sometimes be inflammatory? Yeah, well, uh, when we say th there's, there's, there's freedom of expression as guaranteed under the constitution, uh, and then there's the operations of media. Yeah. And for us, when we talk about media, it's really about media that is organized media mm -hmm. that is, uh, in the case of, say, BFM, for example, registered, licensed, uh, and reporters have the media accreditation cards right. from Jabatan Penerangan. Uh, so as far as the government is concerned, when we say media, this, this, is, this is largely what we refer to. Uh, for private citizens and citizen journalists, for example, um, right now there are no specific... Uh, how, how do you say, uh, we approach them as we would private citizens. Mm -hmm. yeah. So if there, uh, whatever laws apply to private citizens would also apply uh, to them. Uh, so in the course of uh, formulating and, and putting together this uh, media council, uh, we take all of this into consideration. Ideally, eventually, the council itself will self-regulate right. yeah, the, the media industry. Uh, but... Uh, it does not mean that things like, say, uh, defamation or defamatory, uh, 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 how do you say, statements can be made willy-nilly. No. Yeah. Uh, the laws still apply. Uh, the penal code still applies. Uh, the Communications Multimedia Act still applies. Uh, so those safeguards are there. So it's not, uh, how do you say, it's not uh, a proverbial um, do as you please yeah. kind of uh, scenario. We all have our parts to play to make sure that communication uh, of information, uh, one, that information is uh, verified, that information is correct, uh, because we have to also make sure that uh, we keep the peace. Fami, one thing that I've always wondered and uh, with a little bit of envy is that Singapore has its Channel News Asia. It's internationally known and, dare I say, same level with Al Jazeera and your, your CNNs. Granted, they have to only focus on local Singapore news because there's not very much. <laughs> what is what is actually holding us back? I mean, we've got Bernama, we've got RTM. There was yeah. talk about mergers and all this. What's happening there? Uh, well, actually, uh, it, I, I'm not in a position to make formal announcements just yet, but I've actually asked my uh, the ministry and the agencies to look into this. Uh -huh. uh, we have to bear in mind that in come 2025, Malaysia will chair ASEAN. 
and if there's a good time to to make sure that Malaysia has some kind of media channel that can speak to ASEAN at the very least or portray and 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 put our best foot forward uh, i believe that you know within the ministry of communications we would have to step up to that plate uh, and uh, i think it's not impossible i think uh, there are certain things that we need to recalibrate mm-hmm. uh, and i mentioned to the team ideally you so it's not just about jcom it's about uh, bernama it's about rtm um, and we have a, a new strategic direction that uh, I have conveyed to the ministry. So we hope that hopefully by end of the first quarter, we would have certain things in place. Uh, and in time for when Malaysia assumes the chair of ASEAN, hopefully we will have something by then. So this new strategic direction, would it encompass something like a merger of JCOM, RTM, Bernard? Not, not merger. Those departments are still there. Yeah. Because the thing that I've I've come to appreciate in, in civil service is uh, things like Punca Kuasa, where's your source of authority coming from? Uh, things like warrants for positions and 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 uh, jawatan, you know. So so I think by and large those are still there, uh, but we might have a strategic pivot for some of our agencies with regards to your question earlier. Uh, I, I think I think Malaysia will play quite a, an important role, yeah. And we've seen how uh, PMX uh, very early on. The focus of a lot of his um, diplomatic effort, primarily, especially in the first six months, was ASEAN. Right. Uh, building, strengthening relationships, uh, ensuring that uh, we understand each other very well, work closely to uh, resolve problems, whether it's it's things related to borders, things related to resources, um, things looking at investments. Uh, and and tourism, mm-hmm. you know, the most recent one between uh, PM Seta and and Datuk Sri Anwar uh, about Hadiai, about Phuket and, and Langkawi, uh, some of these these things, yeah. For example, uh, so we know that the Prime Minister has this emphasis or this focus, and uh, I think uh, this ministry will need uh, some way to communicate these broad positions, particularly to an international audience. I. I think you're right. Uh, it's time that not only our good, kindly southern neighbour has a, 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 a channel, a news news agency uh, like that. I think it's time that we we step forward too. Fami, just before we go into the 8.30 a.m. news break, uh, you were on nearly a year ago. You did say that you couldn't make any promises then. And our listeners are still asking me why BFM is not broadcasting nationwide. What are your thoughts on that? So that, well, we can ensure accurate news information is disseminated to the rakyat just as your administration intends. Ha-ha! Same question like you you had, uh, the, the BFM team had last year. <laughs> so this time around, in fact, on the way up, uh, just now, I spoke to uh, the 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 big boss here, and uh, I mentioned that you know last year it took me some time to really understand how things work in the ministry. Now I can see that uh, some of these concerns can be properly addressed immediately after this. I will be continuing some conversation with with uh, uh, your dear beloved Malik. <laughs> On this special extended breakfast grill this morning is Fami Fadi, Minister of Communications. On the other side of the 8.30 a.m. bulletin, we will discuss some politics because Fami is also PKR's Information Chief, BFM 89.9. You are listening to The Breakfast Grill 
Brought to you by U Mobile, Malaysia's number one 5G network. BFM 89.9, welcome back to this extended breakfast grill. We are talking to Communications Minister Fami Fadil, also PKR's Information Chief and the Communications Director for Pakatan Harapan. And you've got a lot more hats that you're wearing. Yes, I'm also the chairman of the Strategic Communications Committee for mm-hmm. the Madani government. Fami, the last general election in November 2022 saw 18-year-olds take part in the democratic process for the first time in the days and months leading up to the inclusion of this group, it was always thought that they would be more Pakatan Harapan inclined. The six state elections later showed that they were leaning more towards Prikatan National and hence the green wave occurred. Was this some kind of Undi 18 miscalculation on your team's part? Yeah, I think we didn't fully have a, an understanding of that mindset shift. Or if I could put it, it's also a mode of communication shift. You could say that GE15, particularly in terms of communication, was a TikTok elections. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was a TikTok general elections. We've we've seen, you know, for example, I think 2008 was, you know, people would call it a blog. You know, blogs were a main mode of communication, and then we had Facebook for a while. So now it's it's really TikTok. Whether that's really going to be the case going to GE16 and onwards, time will tell. Yeah, it's really about at that time. I think. Yeah, I think we were taken by surprise. And I think marshalling resources for social media is quite onerous. Yeah, It's not as simple as one would think. The monies involved, the, the kind of resources that need to be deployed, right. the kind of coordination across multiple key opinion leaders, influencers. Yeah. You know, we, we saw some of these influence operations uh, taking place at that time. And there were some allegations. Uh, you know, I, I remember between the 19th of November and the 24th of November when the Prime Minister took his oath of office, there was a sudden spike in the kind of videos that were propagated on TikTok, yeah. fomenting uh, some kind of riot, some kind of you know laying on this rather dangerous narrative about May 13. I, I remember this. And I remember as a, an ordinary MP who had at that time not yet taken his oath in parliament, I requested a meeting with MCMC mm-hmm. and highlighted how this is a major problem. It was quite worrying to a lot of us as well. The fact that what we saw post-GE15 was that there was a chasm between the, I suppose, conservatives versus progressives, right? With that knowledge that you have now, how do you plan to strategize going forward yeah. into GE16? Well, my role now as not only PKR's information chief, but also as a minister of communications, it's it's really about understanding um, the heartbeat of the nation and understanding the mindset of different groups and segments of people. Uh, and, and then positively changing minds and winning hearts. Mm-hmm. Yeah? And uh, it's, it's really about showing how with this prime minister and this administration for the first time in so many years, we have never seen a prime minister, for example, who had the, the political wherewithal to inform, I, I, I dare, dare, dare I say, instruct Bernas to share profit with petty planters. Right. Never before. Never before. And for the first time in 25 years, for example, the subsidy for uh, seedlings, for paddy seedlings, uh, paddy seeds, uh, was increased for the first time in 25 years. Uh, we've seen in the last one year the amount of assistance or the amount of allocations and, and rights being returned uh, to Sabah and Sarawak 
the most probably that that we've seen in in a long time uh, and and so it's it's with this basis the work that we're doing now not only uh, the fight against corruption uh, and trying to make uh, government more efficient in delivery of not only services but subsidies uh, i think it's very important that people understand what value this ethos mm-hmm. the ethos of this administration can bring for the future of the nation. But, but do you feel any concern, the fact that, you know, Said Sadiq, who represents the youth and who was one of those who was championing Undi 18, mm. that, that he has withdrawn support for the government, that, that you might be losing that the attention of the 18-year-olds? You know what's interesting? Uh, I, I did some math in cabinet. Uh, more than a third of our uh, cabinet ministers are under the age of 50. Uh, our youngest cabinet minister is Stephen Sim, Chikyong, yeah. yeah, the Minister of Human Resource. Um, he's barely 38, 39, mm-hmm. right? He's, he's young. People like Hannah Yo, myself. In fact, uh, Ewan Benedict, the president of UPCO, uh, Minister of Cooperatives, yeah, uh, Kuskop. He, he's 40, 41. He's younger than me. I, 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 I didn't know that. Um, so I think we have young people in, in cabinet. And I think... Probably this cabinet is is more youthful than a lot of other previous cabinets. Not only is it lighter in terms of uh, uh, size, in terms of uh, the number of uh, cabinet ministers, but uh, in terms of age, it's also on average much younger. And I think we will have to work hard to understand across the nation, from Perlis to Sabah, what is it that young people want? What is it that the, the different segments of, of, of um, society want? And that's why with the political stability of 2023, what we've been able to achieve are five key announcements. Um, So it's Economy Madani, which is quite a comprehensive framework, raising the roof, raising the floor. It's the NIMP, the new industrial master plan, the energy transition roadmap, also the announcement about review of uh, government wages as well as the progressive wage policy. So the focus for 2024 and onwards is economy, economy, economy. And what that means is for ordinary, whether uh, ordinary Malaysians, mm-hmm. particularly young people who are looking for jobs through NIMP, Economy Madani, progressive wage policy, uh, we will, inshallah, in the next few years, see better jobs, better pay, uh, while at the same time, ministries like KPDN will be working very hard using the resources at hand to curb the illegal pilfering of whether it's minyak uh, masa or other uh, commodities, uh, making sure that prices are kept uh, low and controlled. I, I get that you are championing the economy, a good governance and, and uh, ensuring the benefits for, for, for everyone. But how effective do you think this will be uh, against an opposition that is championing something that's more mono-ethnic and mono-religious? You, you mean to say extremist? Yeah, you, 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 can, you can use that word. Right. I mean, I mean that's, that's really what we've seen in Islamic theology and also in, in Islamic history. There was a, a political grouping that uh, appeared particularly uh, during the time of the uh, fourth caliph, yeah? uh, what we call the Khawarij group. And to them, they are holier than thou. Mm-hmm. They are, uh, if you were to listen to them, uh, you were to watch them pray, you would feel, oh gosh, I, I will never enter heaven. But, but they will just slight you because you do not share the same political beliefs. I think it's important for us to understand where is the center. 
where is the middle ground? Uh, have we gone too far? Okay. Are certain teachings espoused? Mm-hmm. Are certain tendencies shown by some of the leaders of these extremist? Uh, uh, you know, they're they're, they're quite they're quite uh, extremist in their views. Yeah, uh, and that's why um, one of the key things that that my ministry and this administration will have to do is show that not only uh, in the first year we've shown that in terms of um, the Malay Muslim agenda, uh, in terms of uh, where the role of Islam has in this country, uh, nothing has changed. Nothing has shifted uh, to an extent that there could be others who say, Islam terancam, you mm-hmm. know, like, uh, oh, Malays have, have no rights anymore. They, they will use certain refrains, you know. The, the, the constant uh, bogeyman is DAP. Uh, but uh, I think we have also have to show that the teachings of Islam do not necessarily have to be exactly as how some of these political leaders from the other side show them to be. Uh, in parliament, I'm shocked. Sometimes they could use um, uh, scripture to espouse such, uh, how do you say? Vitriol. For, uh, such Not only vitriol, but something which is almost nonsensical. Uh, the the target of eliminating uh, extreme poverty or, or poverty, mm. you know, that that's a noble uh, objective and one which we would like to achieve. And yet they could use scripture to say, look, if there's no poverty, what will happen to to zakat? Right. Uh, and and you know they completely miss the message. So I think it's it's very important for this administration. We are working very hard to have spokespersons, particularly what we call asatiza, mm. yeah, the, the ustas, uh, a group of them who will traverse the country, who will speak to communities um, and, and engage with different groups of, of people to show them that, you know, Islam is not just what some of these people espouse. Finally, Fami, what do you say to claims by Perikata National that the current government might not even last the full five-year term because you know, they're pledging to continue <laughs> to try to destabilize you? Yeah. Um, uh, berapa hari bulan August it is because uh, at one point they will say, you know, okay, um, I, I remember, you know, okay, uh, start of the year, you know, oh, in, in in May of 2023, they will fall. In June, in July, in August, bye-bye. Uh, in December, you know, and, and uh, I think enough is enough. Yeah, We've shown, despite uh, everything that they've tried to do to, to destabilize, none of it has materialized. Uh, we've seen, actually, in the last few weeks, the statements made by uh, Abang Johari, the Premier of Sarawak, uh, Datuk Sri Hajiji, the Chief Minister of Sabah, mm-hmm. They've comprehensively and and uh, completely shut the door on these these uh, really regressive uh, initiatives to try and topple the government to tabo atap to mm. to break through the roof. So so someone was saying, you know, the prime minister mentioned that oh the roof is now concrete, right? Uh, but then they're they're trying to burrow uh, tunnels underneath, but the floor already is concrete. So I think. My advice to uh, the leaders of uh, Prikatan Nasional, assuming many of them, you know, uh, listen to BFM, and I believe they do, uh, come to the uh, discussion table, come and negotiate, come and discuss, come and sit down. It's not about peruntukan. It's not about your allocations. It's about the future of the country. It's about sustaining uh, a healthy democracy for the sake of Malaysia and for our common future. 
Minister Fami Fadil, thank you so much for coming in and good luck to you. Thank you. On the Breakfast Grill this morning, we were talking to Fami Fadil, Minister of Communications and PKR's Information Chief. I'm Keith Kam for BFM 89.9, The Business Station. The BFM Breakfast Grill, brought to you by U-Mobile, Malaysia's number one 5G network. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.